Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, the podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. This is in our own personal lives and the world in general. My name is Daryl and I'm here with my wife, Karen. That is a true statement. Yes, it is. And how are the grapes tonight? Different from the grapes that I usually get. A few nights ago. I know. What? They're like bigger? I don't know. They're, they're strange. I just grabbed grapes. That's what I did when I went they're black food shopping. Grapes. Oh. They're not red or green. They're black. Oh, okay. Black seedless grapes. That's good. I don't From like California. grapes with seeds in them. No. I don't like that. So then you got to spit them out. Or you swallow, you swallow the seeds. You could swallow them and grow then, grapes. Then the grapes will be growing in my belly. So anyway, that's our quick banter. What are we even doing here, Karen? <laughs> well, I think we were discussing a documentary we just watched. Yes. We're going to discuss a documentary. It was called uh, The American Gospel in Christ Alone. Or Christ Alone. But uh, Well... It had the American gospel, and then Christ alone was in the middle. That's like the subtitle. The words. But it was pretty good. We watched it on Vimeo. It's available on Vimeo. You can rent it, or you can buy it for download. And I believe it's also available now on DVD. And I highly recommend it. We watched it twice. Uh, but it's good. It exposes uh, two false gospels that are perpetuated here in America and exported around the world. The first one is the works-based gospel, which we kind of talked about um, last week with uh, Roman Catholicism, mm -hmm. very works-based. And the second uh, false gospel it exposed is the uh, uh, word, faith, health, wealth, prosperity gospel, which you see a lot with televangelists, a lot of stuff on mm -hmm. uh, TBN, uh, Kenneth Copeland, uh, Todd White, uh, Bethel Church was Bill Johnson, uh, Joyce Myers, just Joel Olstein, just to, to name a few, which were uh, talked about. Stephen Furtick a little bit too. Uh, but yeah, so it ex exposed that. But something else came out last week. We can maybe uh, kind of set this up with talking about, and that was the the state of theology, which is released Did by. It came out last week or was or it? Or a couple, I think it was a couple weeks ago, maybe the beginning ago. of October. Uh, but anyway, the Ligonier Ministries, R.C. Sproul, who is with the Lord now, uh, his ministry, uh, I think a few years ago, was their first survey on the state of theology, and they just kind of asked questions of evangelicals. Uh, I don't know exactly how they polled them. I mean, it's kind of random. I don't know if they were people in their own church or just random evangelicals. Uh, I guess There's I can probably find people who that. would call themselves mm -hmm. Christians. Evangelical People Christians who identified themselves as so I don't know mm. how uh, far into that they they dug but yeah but it, but uh, we wanted to discuss both of these a little bit the movie and this statement because they're they're related right because if if people are preaching a false gospel and people who are Christians evangelicals are going to these churches and hearing and believing these false gospels. I mean, that could lead to these some of the answers they gave to these pretty basic 
questions that you would think right, Christians that should answer. We were listening. Um, our pastor spoke about these statistics, mm-hmm. and then I've heard of, uh, a few other people kind of bring them up, and um, then we watched that documentary, and I'm like, well, this is why. <laughs> like, yeah. This is why the results are what they are. Mm-hmm. It's all tied together. So w- one of the questions they asked on the statement, and you can find the statement is uh, com. Pretty simple <laughs> website to remember, thestatementoftheology.com. Uh, everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. 52% of evangelicals agree. So 52% of evangelicals agree that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. Well, what, 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 what say the, ye about that? What say <laughs> What say ye? Ye say. <laughs> I think that seems to be in direct conflict with what the Bible says about yeah. our nature. Mm-hmm. For none are good. That, yes. <laughs> I was just going to pull that up yeah. here. Another, we all fall short. Yeah. We all fall yeah. down. We all fall down. Uh, in Romans chapter 4, no, sorry, Romans 3, uh, Paul's referencing the Old Testament, and he says, uh, quotes this, For none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. So, a, a biblical view of anthropology of, of man, a biblical view of man, says that we're not good. We're not good by nature, we're like that 90s hip-hop group, Naughty by Nature. <laughs> you like that, eh? Well, <laughs> I think it's obvious, and like, our pastor has spoke about this. I think he, he used this example even in his sermon when he brought this up, that, you know, just look at your kids. Mm-hmm. Like, they always want to do the selfish thing. Right. They don't, you know... As a two-year-old, mm-hmm. most of the time they'll choose to do the thing that helps themselves instead of someone else. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and some people, and I've gotten to discussions with unbelievers about this, uh, they'll say, well, that's a learned behavior, but we, yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of us had to, to teach our you kids have to, to... You have to learn how to be good most of the time. Yeah, we like, always have to teach them to do the good thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they always do the the wrong thing. Right. And but, and we're not even as as uh what's the word depraved as we could be. Like totally we're, we're totally depraved, meaning our like our whole nature is depraved, but we're not utterly depraved. So we're not Yeah. So common grace and God by God's grace he restrains our evilness before we even come to Christ. So the unbeliever isn't even as bad. But right. to to think most people are good by nature. For yeah. for Christians to, to say that is just not a biblical thing. I mean, we want to hope the best of people, but we if we yeah. read Scripture and believe what God says about us... And I uh, think that's what you hear the most from, from people. You know, what do you think about... You know, what's the key to, you know, everyone getting along? You know, like, just be a good person. That's right, all yeah. you hear. Mm-hmm. If we all just were good people what is good (laughs) right yeah what's the standard of good it's you know most people have a general standard of good it's their own they measure goodness towards themselves i guess 
right? So they're their own measure of good yeah. by saying that other people have to be as good as I am. So say that and then think of yourself. Yeah. And, and reflect on your behavior throughout your life. Were you always good? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I wasn't always good even today. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, not to get too... Uh, are there any uh, in that one, but... before I pull another one up of this uh, from the statement? Is there anything that sticks out to you in in going through the statement, or let me just go through a couple? Yeah, pull just, them up. I guess How about this one? Uh, Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Uh, let's see. I think seventy-eight percent agree. Am I reading that right? <laughs> Wait, 78%? 78% of evangelicals agree that Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Did, well, if you ask Mormons, or, oh, Mike's getting fuzzy. Uh, but it, well, this statement is actually, I, I believe, what Jehovah's Witness, they teach exactly what it says. Oh, yeah? That Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Oh. So, but 78% of evangelicals are are agreeing with that statement. Which, in 2016, only 71 agreed with that statement. Oh, so no. Went oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Jesus is eternal. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that's the, be- that's the prologue that John writes to his gospel. And when he says that, in the, in the beginning, he's saying as far back, farther than you can even go, that Jesus was. So Jesus, and there's, oop, and the, that's time to pray for the Oikos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so that, and many other scriptures point to Jesus eternally existing. So he was not created. Created. He is existed. The Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is God. Yes. Existed eternally. Uh, let's see. Let's do a couple more. Maybe one or two more. Let's do this one. Uh, Even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. 23% agree. It's, uh, <laughs> 23% agree that the smallest sin deserves damnation. So that's a small percentage agreeing with what the Bible teaches. Because, see, God is holy. Well, we weren't surveyed, so... Yeah, we weren't so right. <laughs> Who are these evangelicals? Uh, so all sin deserves eternal damnation because God is holy, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the penalty of sin is death. And that's why Jesus died on the cross to redeem even the smallest sin that offends God. <laughs> and and it's not it's not because of of the sin itself. It's who we've sinned against. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you like if you hit your sibling, 
you'll get in trouble, right? Maybe you'll get a timeout. If you hit your parent, you're probably going to get in a little more trouble. If you hit a cop, you're going to get arrested. If you hit the governor, your penalty is going to be even more. So it's, it's who we've sinned against. It's, see, that, that it's the same infraction, each, each example I just gave. But now we're, 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 we're slapping God in the face, right? So it's how high the authority is. So yes, even the smallest sin deserves damnation. We'll do one more, and then we'll get into the movie a little bit. Okay, let's do this last one here. The Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. 53% of participants ages 18 to 34 agree, which went up from 2016, where 46% agreed in 2014, oh, 44% no. agreed. So 53, more than half of the percentage of evangelicals believe that the Bible is like other sacred writings and it contains helpful accounts and ancient myths, but is not literally true. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> uh, that's, that's pretty sad. It's, it's... Yeah. But, see, so I would think that I would want to throw this out there, that I would, I would guess that these Christians who believe that aren't in Bible-preaching churches that teach the Bible is literal. Or they are in there, and they're just not paying attention, or they just don't yeah. believe it anyway. Because that, that's possible, too. Yeah, that happens. But... I mean, that's a high percentage, and that's a lot of what you know, liberal theology that teach that, liberal seminaries teach that, and a lot of them do that so they can, you know, be on par with, you know, the modern scholarship of the day. But, I don't want you to stumble over the truth of the Bible. Right. <laughs> but... So, so check out that the stateoftheology.com and read that for yourself and then see uh, what the state of theology is right now. I mean, what would you say if, if you didn't know the results of these questions, would you have guessed they were the way they are? No, like, no. I don't know. Did you, Maybe. Would you think? I think. I mean, not the basic ones, but, but the thing is, some of them... Some of them they answered correctly, <laughs> like so. There's, there's obviously confusion. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, some of them, I was surprised that they answered, they agree with this thing but not this thing. Right. Right. Because I think the, I I didn't find it right away, but there is a question about the Trinity, which they mm-hmm. got right. Yeah. But they think Jesus was created. I mean, maybe it's just the wording that threw people off. I don't know. Uh, there was one positive one that I wanted to point out. 
Well, I'll say this one. There is one true God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 97% agree with that. Mm. So that's good, but then they, yet they think Jesus was created. Then how can he have been God as the Trinity if he created him? Confusion. And this one's good, too. God counts a person as righteous, not because of one's works, but only because of one's faith in Jesus Christ. 91% agree. Still kind of sad 7% disagree, but (laughs) (laughs) that should be 100%. But still, so that's that's a good thing, because that's the gospel. But that's surprising. Yeah, you like, would think more people would be confused about just that. Just from being in the world, I feel like a lot of people around me would wouldn't mm-hmm. agree with that. So they're hearing that know. part in churches, and they're agreeing with that, and maybe that would align with some people who are more in maybe like the southern region of the country, the Bible Belt, who mm. believe that. Because they walked an aisle and prayed a prayer once. Like, well, oh, that's yeah. That's true. I, there is that whole. You know. Side. But I, I don't want to, like, make negative what I just said was positive. That they yeah, <laughs> yeah. believe that. I mean, mm-hmm. We don't need to dig too deep. Right. Just... But, there, yeah, like you were saying, there's confusion out there. So some people are getting some things right. And, some, mm-hmm. and, and is it about getting your theology right? I'm sure nobody has 100%. Right. Like, their theology correct. Uh, and that's why we keep going and seeking the Word of God. But at the same time, we need to seek the Word, and we need to have need theology. To theology matters. What we believe matters. And, and it's okay to learn something that you previously thought was okay and make a change, mm-hmm. you know? Like... Uh, this book our pastor's reading and I'm reading now to um, Letters to the Church, Francis Chan. I mean, he talks about that a lot in there. Like, I, you know, I used to do a lot of things wrong and now, you know, with every new endeavor, he makes changes so that the church looks more like a church that God would be pleased with, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to do that too. Yeah. Definitely. So let's get into the uh, the American Gospel movie. Um, so like the, the I think I was saying before, the first half was kind of based on like establishing what the gospel is and contrasting that to like a works based gospel, and then the second half of the movie was uh, exposing prosperity gospel, which has been exported from America to other countries now, uh, and countries that don't really have money and they're just mm. prosperity preachers are just taking money from people and living in their huge houses and buying space shuttles and <laughs> jets <laughs> and <laughs> uh, but uh, did you have any uh, takeaways you want to get into or well they kind of started the thing off by uh talking about why millennials are leaving the church in droves mm. Um, but that they were taught taught this moralistic, almost therapeutic kind of gospel that yeah. that leads to the be a good person thing mm-hmm. too. And I forget which pastor said it, but he said the whole 
be a good person thing is actually the most anti-Christian message. Mm-hmm. And it, it either leads to the extreme of pride or the extreme of despair. Because you either, you know, get puffed up by your good works or you either fall into despair because you realize you can't stop sinning. <laughs> like, right. You really can't be perfect. Mm-hmm. You'll, you never get there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, a danger that like some some people are preaching. You know, like I think the one guy used the example of uh, like ten. Here's ten ways to stay pure. You mm-hmm. know, or ten ways to stop yeah. looking at porn or whatever. And like hearing those messages, and nothing, none of it, none of those messages that they were hearing ever pointed back to the cross. Pointed back to Christ. It was always what we can do or what we need mm-hmm. to be doing, like each week to be acceptable. Right. to you know yeah. you know assessing and yeah we're supposed to work out our salvation in fear and trembling but that verse doesn't stop there it says for it is god who works in you so it always has to point back to christ and yes we should want to serve him that should be the desire but we need him to help us change that desire and always pointing back to the forgiveness given to us through the cross Right. Uh, I'm just going to read Romans one um, sixteen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteous of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So it is by faith that we are saved, and the faith in Christ and Jesus is the one, Jesus Christ is the one who saves. So it's not our works, but yeah, it's hard like to to get a message that's purely each week pointing to the cross because even even people who go to church a lot of the mentality is consumerism is it's what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. Right? So so you hear a message all about the cross and that's good, but the person that wants to uh you know, well, how's that going to help me be a better dad? Well, I wanted five steps to be a better dad. <laughs> They're looking for that answer. And even if a preacher's given like the five steps to be a better dad, that might not apply in your situation. Like, mm-hmm. so now you're going to like, but what you can take away from the cross is grace, forgiveness. You were forgiven. So learn to do that. Confess mm-hmm. when you mess up, confess. So there's ways, there's applicable ways every time the gospel is preached it applies and and it's not just always just for the unbeliever to hear it believers need to hear it too right or else you get caught up in that workspace thing like oh because that that's our natural tendency i get that tendency like oh i didn't read the bible today or when i had it on in the car i wasn't really listening because my mind was drifting yeah (laughs) like so we can't earn it so that's basically what the first part of the movie kind of exposes that works-based gospel that's even preached in in protestant churches uh you have anything else about about that area i have like random quotes but i don't know mm-hmm. who said them but <laughs> well one one guy that was featured a lot in the beginning was uh brian, brian chapel, chapel. Yeah. i have him i wrote down he wrote he said we sin because we love it mm-hmm. um yeah which is true i mean yeah <laughs> And that's what, and it's not 
what's not going to stop us from sinning is like, I'm just going to stop. We have to have new desires. Right. And that's through Christ. And it's a process. We are not our own savior. Mm-hmm. Or our own redeemer. Right. So Christ saves us from the penalty of sin, but also from sin. So we have, he gives us, we get the ability to not sin, but it's only through him. I have John fourteen fifteen written down. Do you want me to, yeah. want me to John? John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So John fourteen fifteen. if you love me, you will keep my commandments. But we can't do that without him in us. And that's why he's giving the helper, the Holy Spirit to be in us. Right. The spirit of truth. Any other quotes? Any other? Mike Horton. <laughs> Michael Horton, host of the White Horse Inn. It's not what. It's not what would Jesus do. It is what has Jesus done. Mm-hmm. Right, that and that's what. You know, a common thing we say as Protestants is all other religions are about doing, and they are like Roman Catholicism. Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, that's about getting rid of your desires, yet getting rid of your desires is what you desire, so I don't understand that, but, uh, (laughs) right? Uh, Islam, like, all these false religions are always about earning your way up to God, doing your best to get to God. Christianity is what Christ has done to come to us. The word became flesh, tabernacled among us, lived like as a human. He was fully God, so I don't want to get in that heresy. Fully God, fully man, but he took on flesh, was tempted in every way, went to the cross, died for sinners who believe, and he rose again, seated at the right hand of the Father, but he did it on the cross, like we said last week. He says, mm-hmm. it is finished. It is done. It is complete. We believe. And through that, we will have works. Who was uh, the other guy? Nate Pickowitz. I think he said that it's, it's not our faith plus works. It's our faith equals salvation plus works. So it's salvation will, yeah. So our faith in Christ equals our salvation that will have fruit, which is our works. But it's been done. Jesus says it is finished. We're going to go on to the prosperity gospel. So the word of faith. Word of faith. And they they called this kind of... um the face of Christianity. 
which is kind around of the sad. world right? it makes me sad <laughs> like yeah i mean you go to any well it frustrates me christian bookstore mm-hmm. yeah you go That's to any you walmart or target in the book section or or uh barnes and noble and you go to the christian section you'll see that smiling it's face in joe osteen yeah. <laughs> yeah every day is a friday your best life now i am that's not very graceful there i'm sorry i'm just in, or isn't impersonation he is always flattering? smiling even when he's not he is. and how's he get his hair like, like that like how much time does he spend on his getting his hair like that but anyway so so yeah so there's books you know dominating the, the christian culture of of him joyce myers td jakes um and it's they perpetuate a false gospel. And even you know unbelievers know these people well mm -hmm. like well because most of them uh, have been on oprah yes yes you know mother like, nature <laughs> mother nature <laughs> But, but yeah, like, T.D. Jakes has been on there a lot. Joe Osteen, uh, Rick Warren, like all these, all these guys. I've had instances where I think, like, you know, my friends know, like, know me as like, you know, the religious friend. You know, <laughs> that's what they call. Me. <laughs> but um, you know, one one of my friends at some point was going through a lot, and she's like, you know what? I really been feeling spiritual lately, you know. I I I I even put on Joel Osteen this morning, and I felt so much better. I'm like, no, but I and I didn't right. say anything. Yeah, you know, right there, because I just, you know, there's a time. Mm -hmm. But um, and then another instance, like a family member, um, which we can get into too, because they um, they talked about healing and mm -hmm. stuff like that like benny hinn kind of people that go around healing and um my unbelieving family member she was talking to another family member about another family member who had i guess found god or something so it didn't even have to do with me but she said you know this person found god and they they feel like they're being healed and blah blah and then they just turned to me and said, well, you know all about that healing and stuff. Like, cause they just assumed yeah. that that's part of what I believe just because I mm -hmm. call myself a Christian right. and it's frustrating. Cause I'm like, I don't want that whole thing to be associated right. with the true Christian Christianity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the the movie did well at exposing that. You know, it was gracefully done, but like it exposed like Todd White, who supposedly goes around and like does street healings where he'll like say, "Oh, your your back. I think your back's messed up. Let me sit down. I'm gonna. Oh, see here, your your one leg shorter than the other." And he does like this sleight of hand trick that's been done like throughout the ages. Like it's yeah. like it's it and it just shows that he he's doing like just this like visual trick to make people think that he's growing he's growing the one leg out like god's healing his leg yeah your legs are even right yeah, and, 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 like, Jesus, your and leg then he doesn't right even now. share the gospel with him he just says oh god loves you and that's just what i'm gonna tell you it's like you're just gonna leave the person like that like what do you what do you explain that why would why would god love them Be 
because I guess maybe he answered the question in in the in the state of theology where it says people are <laughs> mostly good. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what? I don't get the point. Like, yeah. And yeah, it, it just exposes a lot about like Todd White and and Bill Johnson from like Bethel Church, who's you know got that music group Jesus Culture, and um, just like the the false teaching that they do, where uh, Bill Johnson says Jesus wasn't God when he was human and he did all his acts as a man mm-hmm. relying on the spirit and that we can do the same thing that Jesus did because he, he showed he was, a man he was and... human only a human when he walked the earth uh, but the Bible says in in him in Jesus the fullness of deity dwelt so that's a different Jesus of what he's preaching so he's preaching a false jesus aside from the fact that they pump glitter into their ventilation system and say it's a glory cloud but yeah i've heard a lot of different yeah um manufactured signs and wonders Mm -hmm. i mean again i don't have first (laughs) hand right but we do have first hand uh not first hand but somebody who was within benny hinn's camp and that's his nephew costi hen who's also in the movie who talks about what he experienced working yeah. with with benny hen and he was in all those circles too going around so he he lived it yeah you know up until adulthood mm-hmm. and now uh, costi hen's a pastor at a uh, i think a reformed like bible church down south somewhere but uh yeah and part of his story he was uh he was he was a pastor in a church, and they asked him to preach on, uh, I think John, five or John four, the healing at the pool of Bethesda, and he, and uh, his his pastor, the lead pastor, gave him a John MacArthur commentary mm. on that, and he's oh reading through it, and and he's and he's realizing that the guy at the pool of Bethesda didn't even know who Jesus was when Jesus healed him. And the whole time he's he's thinking people will only get healed because they have enough faith. Mm-hmm. And he sees this guy who okay. didn't even have yeah. faith because he didn't know who he Jesus was <laughs> got healed. And he's he's like, wait, this doesn't line up with everything I've been taught since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, but that's that false gospel that that's also perpetuated is you have to have enough faith in order to be healed, or you have to have enough faith and and send us that seed, that money, and then God's gonna bless your account with this or that and yeah that's a false gospel and that's the gospel that's being sold around the more you give the more the you world get. Mm-hmm. and that's not the gospel and that's like that's got to be i mean i can't imagine your family is built on this whole thing you right. know like yeah. benny hinn like you're in it you're like, yeah, it's he, your life. Yeah, he was, uh, Costi Hinn said he was driving around like these expensive cars. He was like paying $1,000 a month for his Hummer. They were staying in like the most expensive suites, like yeah. all around the world. And, and he had to just sever that for mm-hmm. the truth, you know? Yeah. I mean, not sever. I don't, I mean, it's not like. Yeah, I think he still like will talk to his family. But, yeah, they didn't I, like banish think, him, but <laughs> right, right, right. But he 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 totally disagrees with their uh, theology. Yeah, he just did a one eighty and 
but hey, wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's that's amazing, right? And the bottom line is like, well, you might be asking, why is this important? Like, why can't a Christian like, why is it not good for them to listen to Joel Steen or T.D. Jakes or like Joyce Myers or any of these? And at the end of the day, it's it's what they teach is not what what the Bible teaches and what you believe and what you believe matters. So theology matters. I mean, if we don't know the true Christ, then we can't be saved because we need to know the Christ that died for us. And and, and if we're thinking that that Christ died to, to heal, just to heal us physically or to, to bless us with money, then you're not believing for the right reasons. Like, we need to turn from our sin. He died for our sin. And and can God still heal? Yes, he can. Mm-hmm. Can God still bless people with, with money? Yes. But is, is that why Jesus died? No. Because there's Christians being persecuted and being killed right now as we speak because they're proclaiming their love of Christ. The apostles all were martyred. Was that their best life? I, I think... Uh, who pointed that out? Was it was it Paul Washer or uh, Justin Peters in the movie? Who starts talking about that? I forget which one. But... One of them. He, he was talking about uh, how, uh, like Peter, the story is he was crucified upside down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like all the apostles. I have something wonderful in the store for you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I've, I've, like, yeah. I think it was Justin Peters because he's like talking about how a lot of times people explain the gospel is God has a wonderful plan for your life. Mm-hmm. And you think that must be abundance, yeah. health and wealth. Yeah. Like, you know? But the wonderful plan for, for all your dreams come true. Right. For Paul's life was like he was beheaded, you know, Peter crucified upside down. That's the wonderful plan. Why? Cause it glorified God in the end. And these men, throughout the ages who have been martyred it glorif- brings glory to god because they stood on their faith right and, and people oh no go ahead i was just going to say and that's how we can have bibles in our own languages people died to get them to us basically and you and you see all these um preachers have like mega churches like mm-hmm. why do why do twenty thousand people go to their church? Because their message makes you feel good, right? You know, their message makes you think, man. You know, I am powerful. I can do this. I can live this awesome life. You mm-hmm. know, God wants me to be happy, successful, wealthy. You know, of course, people are attracted to that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, one of the other guys, <laughs> I took notes, but I, apparently I was very bad at, at writing down who said what, but, um, you know, if you watch it, you can, you can see for yourself. But one of them said, you know, the church should be attractive because of the hunger for God and his word. So that's the one, that's the main thing. That's the main red flag if you're not sure if if someone's preaching the gospel or not. If it's about you, mm-hmm. then it's probably a false gospel. It should all point to God. Yeah, and it's faithful preaching of the word that changes hearts. 
So if you're preaching what the word says and just pure expository preaching verse by verse, that's what's going to change hearts. Going through books of the Bible, God uses that instead of trying to like use a verse here or there to make your point. Like so doing doing what's called eisegesis and reading into the text or just proof texting, taking one text here or there. That's that's not going to grow people. What what grows them is God. Like we don't grow them. Like preachers, only through the power of the Holy Spirit will people be changed. And God uses the means of His Word and expository preaching, what the Word says. And that helps. I just read an article today. When when you hear expository preaching and that's modeled, that helps you read and study the Word in that same manner, knowing mm. how to do it going yeah. through the Word. Instead of, you know, devotionals are great, but some devotionals just like will say something and then have a verse here or there. Uh, some devotionals are bad and written from the perspective as is, as if Jesus is calling you or speaking. Uh, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm bad. I know I'm bad. But, uh, but that's a problem too. That's that's. Ring, ring. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But uh <laughs> I get it. <laughs> All right. But uh if if you're just in the word like you should just learn how to study the word. And that's what'll transform you. And then when you know what the Bible says, you'll be able to test what you're hearing from these popular preachers or even from your own pastor. And I think we discussed this before. You should be able to listen to a sermon. And I'm not saying just every little word that's being said, like, oh, is that right? Is that right? But you you should know when something's off or something that you might think is off. And then go to the word and see if, it's, if it lines up. And if it does or it doesn't and you're still questioning, then just ask your pastor about that. Like, pastors should be approachable. And you should be able to have discussions because they're fallible human beings hey i've preached a few times and i want people hey if i'm saying something wrong that you think is wrong let's talk about it let's go to the word i i need help too and that's why god also gave us the church so we can learn who he is through his word and with the help of each other and so we can discern because there is a serious lack of discernment with within evangelicalism as we can see from the the state of theology but we, we need to be able to discern what's good teaching, what's bad teaching, what's what we should stay away from, what we should learn from, and help each other out and share that truth with love and just to keep building up to so we can know God. And that's the ultimate goal, to study who God is, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so when we make that transition from so when we make that transition from this world to the next, we will just recognize God for who He is. So anything else? And then um, we already talked about that too. Missions, like unhealthy churches going. Oh yeah. On missions and offering nothing in the way of. Eternal hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great to do mission trips, but if you're, if you're going on a mission trip and don't share the gospel, that's not the goal. 
then you, you kind of miss the whole point. Yeah, yes, we should go and, and help people rebuild in, in countries that have been hit by storms or countries in poverty, bring them food, bring them water, clean clean drinking water and all that. But we can't just leave it there. We got to give them eternal life where you can lead yeah. them to lead I mean, them that, to the cross. That's the, that's the point. And help them in the immediate moment. Right. But, but then you're going to leave the more important thing. <laughs> yeah. Short term mistrip. Then you're going to leave. That's, that's why I like how we do it with, with E3 partners in our, with, yeah. with going with our church because we go and we bring a medical team, uh, cause that's a need in, in Ecuador, but we, there's the evangelist part where we go share the gospel and work with the local churches there with the local pastors and they follow up and they help build a local church community. And the whole thing we do is share the gospel and that's, yeah. you know, that's what we got to do because those countries are vulnerable to the false gospel as well. Like they're already in Ecuador, a highly Roman Catholic area, but they would, I can see how they could be, uh, a target for the prosperity gospel. So we highly recommend checking out the movie, The American Gospel. You can just Google it, search it on Vimeo, um, and also check out thestateoftheology.com and some of those statistics on there. And highly recommend studying the Bible. <laughs> That's my highest recommendation study the word pray uh ask god to keep revealing who he is and keep asking him to change you and mold you uh be a part of a local church body be a member and yeah and, and hi mm -hmm. <laughs> cool They can hear you. So check us out on Facebook. What are we even doing here? Also on Twitter. And you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're listening to it on iTunes, make sure you subscribed and leave a review. And if you're on SoundCloud, just follow us on SoundCloud. And you can give us feedback, how we're doing, stuff you agree with, disagree with, always with love. And... I hope you learned something today. And I learned that uh, black grapes are different than blue grapes and purple grapes and green grapes. And pink grapes. And pink, there's pink grapes? Blue grapes? Are they great grapes? No? All right. That's all I have to say today. I'm going to let... Are they blue grapes? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're called blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, blueberries are called bloobs. Bloobs. All right. I've talked enough. Karen, sign us off. After you eat your grape. Okay, well, thanks for listening. And until next time, we pray that you seek the kingdom of God and that you will continue to learn what we are even doing here. Stay here. Here. Yeah. Grace and peace.
See, so I would think that I would 